today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The Lord knows what you need before you realize you even need it. He already knows. But here's how we pray. Lord, you know I need this. And it's like the Lord's going, oh, I didn't know. Thank you for reminding me. I totally forgot. The rent is due. Thank you. I, Sorry. Here. I know you need it. I don't know what happened. It's been a busy week. <laughs> How disconcerting would that be? No, He knows your need even before you knew you needed it. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. The Lord knows what you need before you even know you need it. This is the grace and the wonder of who God is. Pastor J.D. expands on the greatness of God in today's message. If you find yourself in a place of worry or have a questioning spirit, lean into the Lord and trust Him. He knows you deeply, and He will provide. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 6 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The richest people give the least. I'm not looking at anybody when I say that. I'm just, by the way, just for the record, I do not see who gives what. So you know, okay? Some of you are going, I don't want to know. Because <laughs> then I'll look at you differently. Like James says, you know, here comes this, you know, big tither. Oh, Hey, brother, can I get you a cup of coffee? Uh, here, come have a seat here in this very important seat. Because you're a very important person. Was that bad? That was really bad. That's why I don't do it. Or conversely, somebody who doesn't give, they come in. You just stay out there in the foyer. Oh, I know better yet. Sit by the agape box. I think you get the point. I'm over-dramatizing it for a reason, right? But it's true. The ones who have the least give the most. And the ones who have the most give the least. Do you want to know why I believe it's like that? It's because those with the most are afraid of losing what they have. So they hold on to it tighter, and they become stingy misers. You know, it's interesting, we learned about this in our study in Ecclesiastes on Thursday nights. We're almost done. By the way, Lord willing, we'll be done chapter 12 uh, this Thursday. But you know the word miser? Not a word we use much, right, in our day. You know what the word miser means? Someone who's real frugal and stingy. Well, basically, let's just call them a tightwad. There, I said it. Do you know the word miser is the root word of miserable? Yeah, miserable, miser, miserable. I got to tell you, years ago I worked for Mercedes-Benz and I had occasion to meet a lot of very rich people. And you would think they would be so happy. They were the most miserable people I'd ever met in my life. Why? Because the more they had, the more what they had, had them. And the more they had, the more they worried about losing what they had. They would stay up at night, and this is replete again throughout Scripture. 
The riches that one possesses ransoms their very life. It takes away their very life. You know, the person that doesn't have two quarters to rub together has a much better night's sleep than the guy that's got this, you know, what am I going to do? Especially in this economy. I got tenants that won't pay the rent. I don't have to worry about that. I got this investment in the stock market. It's down. What am I going to do? I don't have to worry about that. I'm just, you know, the more you have, the more you worry about what you have. So that's the problem. So have a nice afternoon. We'll close in prayer with that. What's the answer? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. The answer to the question of how is answered this way, be generous and willing to share and lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You won't have to worry about moth getting to it, rust eating it, thieves, the government breaking in and stealing it. You don't have to worry about any of that. It's protected in heaven. And here's the thing, by the way, spoiler alert, you can't take it with you. As one said, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. It won't happen. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. You know, the freest people, the richest people, are the ones who have transferred their investment portfolio into heaven. Let me say it like this. This is the cure for the arrogance, pride, that comes with affluence. And it's also the cure for those who trust in riches and worry about riches. It's Matthew chapter 6, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. I know I say that about all the passages, but verses 19 through 34 particularly. God has used this in my life in such a powerful way over the years. If you're a worrier, and I've been very open with you about my struggles with worry and anxiety and fear, I'm a very good worrier, I'll have you know. I have a PhD in worry. No, I'm so good at it, that if I run out of things to worry about, I'll ask you if there's something I can worry about for you. That's how good I am. No, that's good. And over the years, the Lord has delivered me from that, cured me of that. And Matthew 6, 19 through 34 is the how. Can I invite you to join me in Matthew chapter 6? This is affectionately referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. I like to call it the Sermon on the Amount. That's what he's talking about here. And as I read this and talk about this, I want you to notice the parallels between what Jesus is saying here in this sermon and what Paul wrote to Timothy in our text. Verse 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then he says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He doesn't say it the other way around. He doesn't say where your heart is, that is where your treasure will be. No, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. So, example, illustration. Your treasure's down here. Where's your heart? Down here. 
Your treasure is in your investments. Where's your heart? In your investments. That's what he's saying. How's that working out for you, by the way? Especially in this uncertain economy. Uh, By the way, the coming one world economy. It's going to be cashless. We've been talking about this for years. Those students of Bible prophecy, we've known about this for years. Did you ever think that this would be the way and when it would happen? So how are they going to bring in this cashless one world economy? Because they just can't say, okay, now we're going to go to a one world economy. No, they're going to destroy the global economies. It's a controlled demolition, if I can say it that way, the current global economies to bring in the cashless one world economy. By the way, that's why it is that when you go to the store, you have to have the exact change if you have cash, because they don't give you change. And it's like right now, coins, bad, very bad. Ooh, you have coins. And then how dare you bring in currency with coronavirus on it. Get that away from me. I'll take it. It's actually, it's just, the agape boxes are on the back wall. They're destroying cash. They have to. Doesn't that make sense? How are they going to make it cashless? Destroy cash. So again, have a nice afternoon. So you're going to put your trust in that? I wouldn't do that if I were you, because of what's coming. But if your treasure is in heaven, it's like, bring it on. First of all, I'm not going to be here for that, because the rapture happens before the seven-year tribulation. So see ya, wouldn't want to be ya, as my wife always says. And then he says this, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one, verse 24, can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Stop right there. Did you notice he didn't say, uh, you shouldn't serve both God and money? No, you cannot. It's an impossibility. It's either one or the other. If you're serving money, if money is your God, then the true and living God is not your God. Therefore, verse 25, whenever you see a therefore, you know why it's therefore. And we're going to be told why the therefore is therefore. I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, verse 26. Now, for those of you who have been to Israel with us, this is, I know you're going to tire of me saying this, it's one of my favorite places to teach, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, there on the hillside. 
in view of the beautiful Sea of Galilee. And depending on what time of the year you go there, the flowers are in bloom and the birds are in the air and it is just magnificent. Picture in your mind's eye the Savior there on that hillside. The waters of the Sea of Galilee serene and calm. The birds in the air singing. Oh, and the beautiful, magnificent colors of the flowers in bloom. And here's Jesus saying, look at those birds. And you look at the birds and you go, wow, those are... I hope they're not a minor bird. I don't like minor birds. <laughs> I never have. I'm sorry. Pray for me. So they're not minor birds, okay? Look at the birds. Jesus, I want you to look at those birds. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You know what he's saying? He's like, look at those birds. Do you see them freaking out? They're trying to get all the worms they can, and they're stuffing them in these barns, hedging against the future. No. They're just praising their Creator. They're not worried about the worms for tomorrow. They know that their Creator, their Father, is going to take care of them. And here's the thing. That's just a bird. Are you more valuable than a bird? That bird was not created in the image of God. You were. So if God is going to take care of that bird, how much more is He going to take care of you? That's what he's saying. And then it gets better. <laughs> he says, can any one of you, verse 27, by worrying at a single hour to your life? I like how one said it. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you don't get anywhere. <laughs> no, I said, what, what are you accomplishing? Oh, you think you're accomplishing something? I'm going to worry about this. And... <sighs> What are you accomplishing? I'll tell you what you're accomplishing. You're ruining your digestive system. You're causing heart problems. You're raising your blood pressure. And the list goes on and on and on. That's what you're accomplishing. And why, verse 28, do you worry about clothes? Oh my goodness. I can't wear that. I wore that last week. Or we open up the closet. Boom. I don't have anything to wear. What? You have 525 pairs of shoes. What's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, but I'm in autumn. And it's fall. I can't wear... I want you to know, I am totally not into fashion, as if you couldn't tell. I guess I'm not supposed to wear this shirt in October, because it's a spring shirt. It's pink. Why are you worrying about clothes? <laughs> I may have gone a little bit too far on that illustration, but... Why do you worry about clothes? And then instead of pointing to the birds, he points to the flowers. Again, just in bloom. I mean painting the hillside like a beautiful painting on a canvas. Spectacular colors. And he points to those flowers. He says, look at these flowers. Look how they grow. 
And he says, they do not labor or spin. Could you imagine how freaked out would you be if you saw a flower going, "Ah!" what am I going to wear? I can't wear this again. I wore yellow last week or pink. I wore pink last week. He says, yet, verse 29, I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And then like with the birds, he says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Never imagine when Jesus would say, to his disciples, as he did on many occasions, O ye of little faith. There was never disgust or disdain like, O ye of little faith. No. More like this. Why is your faith so little when your God is so big? Why did you doubt? I mean, come on, look at these flowers. How much more valuable are you than these flowers? Look at them, get a good look at it, take a picture. Because tomorrow if we came back up here, they're probably going to die, they're gone. How much more valuable are you than those birds? How much more valuable are you than a bird or a flower? So, verse 31, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Get this. The Lord knows what you need before you realize you even need it. He already knows. But here's how we pray. Lord, you know I need this. It's like the Lord's going, Oh, I didn't know. Thank you for reminding me. I totally forgot. The rent is due. Thank you. I... Sorry, here. I know you need it. I don't know what happened. It's been a busy week. (laughs) How disconcerting would that be? No, he knows your need even before you knew you needed it. He knows what you need. And by the way, nice try. Stop trying to change the label on a desire. So you peel the desire label, you get rid of it, and you take a need label, you put it on there, Lord... I need this. No, you don't. I will provide all you need, not all you desire or want. And oh, by the way, if you knew what I knew, you wouldn't even be asking me for that. Right? One of the best things that's helped me in my walk with the Lord is knowing this one simple truth, that God will always answer our prayers the same exact way we would answer our own prayers if we only knew what He knew. Let that sink in. So you're praying, you're saying, God. And I, I picture the angels in heaven giving charge concerning me, going, don't, don't, don't pray that. Don't ask. You don't want that. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, James says. If it's good, you got it. If it's not good, you ain't going to get it, and you're going to be glad you didn't get it. Because God's protecting you. Because God knows something you don't. He just happens to be all-knowing, by the way, and you're not. 
He sees the end from the beginning, and He will not give that to you because it would not be good for you. He knows what you need, but we pray directional prayers. We pray the prayer, we give God directions on how to answer the prayer. Lord, I, I need this. Um, I need it by 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and um, I like red, so I'd like to have it in red. And oh, Okay, wait, wait, wait. Wait, what was the color again? Okay, get that. Michael, write that down. Red. He said red. <laughs> How absurd is that? And then verse 33 and verse 34, lastly, and we know these verses well, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And then he says this, kind of wish he didn't, as a worrier, and for those of you fellow worriers, I was good at that point. I was kind of like, okay, fine, okay, got it. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got, it'll take care of it. In other words, <laughs> I like how one said it. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Tomorrow's going to be there. All the worries for tomorrow, they're going to be waiting there for you. Don't borrow tomorrow's worries today. You're going to mess up today with tomorrow. Don't do that. Right? So I'm good with, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. But then he says this, each day has enough trouble of its own. It does? <laughs> Wait, what? I just, because now I'm thinking, uh, what's going to happen tomorrow? Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, but you said that I'm going to have plenty to worry about tomorrow. And, and now I'm thinking, well, what am I going to worry about tomorrow? It's not tomorrow yet. It's still today. I know, but I, you said that I had to worry about this tomorrow. And God's going to take care of you tomorrow. Don't let tomorrow ruin today. God knows what you need. Just trust Him. Trust Him to provide it. Paul says, command them not to put their trust in their riches, but to put their trust in the Lord, and they'll never be disappointed. They'll never be let down. So how? Transfer it. Transfer it. You're trying to hold on to it and keep it, you're going to lose it. You lose it, you'll keep it. It's the paradox of paradoxes. Here's how. Okay, this is a command, yes. How do I keep that command? Here's how. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's how. And don't worry about your needs being provided. That's how. That's how to trust in the Lord. The Lord's going to take care of you. It's easy to read the book of 1 Timothy and think it only applies to pastors. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. 
We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.